Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. On this week's show, we'll discuss the most noteworthy shenanigans of the week in clickbait, and we'll each provide you with a must-watch list of matches. So without further delay, let's get into some clickbait. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening, and where it's been like, what? To like, oh god, no. Like, to like, oh shit. Well, Mike, it's been a minute, but a lot has happened, and a lot is noteworthy, and a lot of it kind of connects together and really... I think interesting ways. And I wanted to start by talking about the free agency pool that's out there right now. Um, there's obviously a couple of big names that have just left New Japan. Uh, that is Kota Ibushi and Jay White. And both have just very recently left New Japan. And both are rumored to be courted by both AEW and WWE. Now, Jay White has been very tight-lipped about what his plans are, what his thoughts are, but Kota Ibushi has actually done a bit of media where he has said what he would want out of each. Uh, it seems like in both cases for WWE and AEW, he doesn't want a full-time schedule. And in both cases, he really wants to focus on training the next generation. He wants to kind of pass the torch. Really? Which I think is really fucking cool. I think um, it's cool, but like, I, wow. Like yeah. for a guy that has... I mean, a shitload of, I think, untapped yes. something. Yes. It, it, that's really interesting yeah. that he, he has, is like. He has a nope. lot of good matches left in him. Uh, but 100%. Wants, I think I think he's he's very uh, future minded and realizes that, you know, pro wrestling has a short shelf life, right? Your career yeah. is not going to last real long. And so I think he wants to work on his legacy now. And again, fucking amazing right how how amazing can you imagine showing up to the performance center or showing up to the <laughs> aew training and like there's kota abushi ready to teach you how to fucking do a headlock takeover you know i oh mean my god <laughs> i think i'd just be how'd i get out here like i just pass out somehow and they drag me outside like yeah unreal that's yes. really interesting i didn't know yeah. i think i 100 behind you i think that's really cool i think yeah. that that's you know i think you it, it, it's interesting you say this, not to go down this rabbit hole, you know, but this next generation of wrestlers that are coming up that the, the stings, the undertakers, the, the edges, the, yeah. they're, they're going to start falling to the wayside. And like, I'm, I, I think edge is doing some good work. Um, mm -hmm. I actually hot take, I think Christian's doing some of the best work, if not better work than mm -hmm. edge. I think it's great. I think he's always kind of been untapped and I'm, I'm happy to see it. But again, Kind of one of these guys I remember seeing 20 years ago and yep. the guys I'm like, S please stop. But they're doing really good work, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's 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 an interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I well, you know, and, and I, the more I read about, well, you know, we'll start with Coda and then we'll, we'll talk about Jay. The more I read about Coda Ibushi and like I said, his his, you know desires for a contract and what he would want from either of the organizations, the more I I fear what kind of a match he'd be put in in wwe um you know we we were talking about before we started recording about you know he look he already wrestled in wwe he had a couple matches at the cruiserweight classic uh but that was treated so differently than the main product um i would love to see kota ibushi get the recognition in a place like wwe but i worry about what kind of matches he could have there as opposed to at an aew right not to mention 
the, a Golden Lovers reunion in AEW with him and Kenny. Please. Just fucking amazing. You know, the, so, the roof. If he Kenny gets a beat down and he comes out. The, uh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a CM Punk in Chicago type. <laughs> oh, yeah, people are going to lose their minds for that one. Oh so, yeah, you know, Coda's Coda's up in the air. Um, Jay White also up in the air. Now, Jay White, this is just very recent because he he very just within the last week of this recording lost a match to Hikaleo in Japan where it was loser leaves Japan. Uh, and then actually just within the last couple of days, lost a match to Eddie Kingston, which was a loser leaves New Japan match. So Jay White, we, you know, people have known for a while was on his way out, right? His contract was was coming up. Yep. The question now is, is what's next for Jay White? And again, I have similar concerns where I, I recognize the talent of Jay White. I think he's a phenomenal athlete, but I also recognize that his size and his story would make it really hard for him to be taken seriously in WWE. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's he's got a very similar tale of the tape to Finn Balor, and you see mm. how he's treated. Yeah. You know, I, I would hate to see that happen to to Switchblade in WWE. But I mean, what do you where do you what do you think is the best fit for Switchblade moving forward? Woof. I mean, <laughs> that's it's it's he it's it's I know I should I should on WWE all the time, um, you know, but I I am happy for, some, you know, some of the, the, the KOs, the Garganos, the 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 Champas um, getting this big like you 100 percent deserve that. And I, I can't blame you for signing that contract for having the reduced schedule to being able to see your kids. KO is a massively, massively big family man. And that is very important. And I'm like, I cannot shit on him. I can, I shit on the product. Yes, but I can't, I can't hate the man, you know, you know, don't, what is it? Don't hate the player, hate the game, <laughs> you know, and it, it really essentially. And so I couldn't, what I'm trying to get at is I couldn't fault Jay white to go to the WWE. I, I think he would be horribly misused. Um, I think he'd be the hot thing. Um, I could see in a weird way, they're going to do the dumb bullet club thing between Jesus Christ. That just, I think I just actually passed out for a second thinking of now <laughs> Finn Balor and AJ Styles. And now you add Jay white and it, yeah. like, wait, I, I'm sorry. I just, my eyes are crossed and yeah. it like that could get, and I could see them doing that because mm-hmm. WWE gets very kitschy and huh, huh, wink, wink. And it's, you know, what the club is what they're called. So it's like, they get again, cutesy. Yeah, yeah, they get cutesy with that shit. Stupid, shitty product. But God, Jay, if you want to take the money, I, I can't blame you for it, man. And like, I'll tune in because you're Jay White, because I guarantee at some point we're going to see some Jay White come out if he goes to WWE. Um, but I just in my lovely Markness. I just, I feel like he's going to pick AEW. I, I, I feel like it just makes the sense. It just fits more. I think he could still get paid handsomely well. And I, and I just, and again, I'm not saying one of the other. Yes. I've been, a lot of my energy has been more towards AEW, but from everything I've ever heard about AEW is Tony Khan is very workers first. And I could see Jay White saying, I don't want to work the schedule. I'm going to do that. And, and going, okay, Tony Khan says, sure, just show up and produce. And it's Jay White and he will. And so it's just the only thing with Jay White, what scares me is that that's a whole, that's a whole nother crazy ball of wax is like, because you have what is 
undoubtedly the 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 most on fire nuclear hot heel. I, he can't beat that. I can't. Jay White's a great heel. I He can't beat that right now. And it would just, I don't know where he would fit in. And that's what scares me. And we would see Jay White come out. And then what? He shows up <laughs> at Ring of Honor. I yeah. it just, it, it, it I, I don't know. And I think that's the one thing that scares me. And it scares me with a lot of AEW folk. But <laughs> that's another conversation for another well, time. But, Jim, what do you, I, you, you seem to think that AEW is a better fit. Yeah, because he's been there, right? You know, he, he was at Forbidden Door. Very you know, true. He's been involved with AEW before. His friends are there. You know, I, I, I just I think it makes a lot more sense for him based upon his style. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, the most astute statements i've heard anybody make about the 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 state of professional wrestling today is that wwe is where you go for entertainment and aew is where you go for wrestling and jay white is an entertaining wrestler he's not an entertainer who wrestles he's a wrestler who is entertaining Uh, and, and and so i think i think he would thrive in an environment like aew but you're right I will fault no man for getting that paycheck. I would fault no man for getting, you know, t- taking advantage of that. Um, you know, if he chooses to go to WWE, good for him, right? Good for him. I just, I, I think from a creative standpoint, he would find a much richer experience. I mean, case in point, Shinsuke Nakamura, we talked about this several weeks ago, goes to Japan, has just an absolute barnstormer of a match with Muda, right? phenomenal world-class talent and how has wwe capitalized on that nothing crickets i was just gonna say i was just gonna say crickets absolute fucking crickets it's it's insane how even though it's a new guard right even though it's new leadership in wwe they still have this mentality of if it didn't happen here it doesn't really count so here's a thought kind of interesting uh, yeah, ooh, stay with me. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's clearly written Cody's going to win. It, it, it has to be. If it doesn't, I'd be very confused. I get it, but also very confused. Yeah. Um, so I, it, yeah, I put all my chips in on Cody Rhodes. I could see because Cody is an artist of himself. Mm-hmm. I could see not, maybe they're waiting and that's Nakamura comes out at WrestleMania and it's weird, but I could see it and I could see Cody. I could see it. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But again, Cody to me, I'm not a fan of the character of Cody Rhodes. I, it, I think it's a weird mishmash of mm-hmm. a lot of things that I just don't get. Um, but the man is a good wrestler and he cuts a hell of a promo and he's a good entertainer. If he, that's anything he got from his dad, he's a good entertainer. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. I would oh, watch. Yeah. I would one hundred percent watch a Nakamura versus Cody Rhodes. Oh fuck yeah! So fuck maybe yeah. I don't know. That's just my weird brain going down a rabbit hole. So <laughs> I would totally. I would absolutely watch that. Now, do I believe that WWE would book that? No, I, I honestly don't. I, I think that yeah. is dream booking for for nerds <laughs> like us. Uh, and I, I think I think nerds like Paul Levesque don't get that. Right. I don't think I don't think they see that. And that's a shame. It's a real shame because I think Jay White could have phenomenal matches against some of the top guys in that company. 100% because he's such a great worker. 
Oh, but I great. don't know if they'll see that. And and that's what worries me is, yeah. you know, I mean, Finn Balor could work anybody who's been in the main event of WrestleMania for the last six years. Anybody. But they don't see that. Right. But management doesn't see that in him. And right. that's the problem. It's the entertainment. Well, and that's and that's what's just. And again, it's just yeah, you're competing a rock and a hard place with WWE. It is. It is a business. At the bottom line, you need to be successful. You need to entertain. Entertainment brings in more eyes, more dollars. It just, and that's the thing. It's like, yes, Finn Balor can 100% work a thing with anybody. A thing, Jesus, a match, a series, <laughs> a anybody. program, yeah. A program, yeah. you know, but he's more entertaining right now as the leader of the Judgment Day is which is though? making money. I don't know why. I, 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 some of it I find kind of funny. Some of the Dominic stuff. I, yeah. Tom kind of keyed me in on the, the Eddie Guerrero haircut. And I yeah. was like, that's kind of that's funny. Clever. I, clever. I, I, okay. But I'm like, where did that come from? Like, why can't we expand that and actually like build on that? And it, that's another, yeah, just, yeah, ugh, God yeah. damn it. Like, well, I just, now I'm mad again. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> this is why I don't watch this bullshit. Cause like, I read about it and I'm just like, you fuckers. <sighs> you fuckers. Oh man, Edge is back for the third time. Like, yes. We, like, yay. Just do the intergender match. That's what we want. That's what the people want. <laughs> just, you dumb fucks running the board. Just, God damn it. Listen to the women. Just give the people what they want. Give the workers what they want. For fuck's sake, let this happen. I mean, I would love to watch Candice LeRae beat the shit out of The Miz. Because, uh, you know, Candice LeRae on the indies was the, the fucking queen of intergender matches. I would love to watch Candice LeRae beat the shit out of The Miz. I think that would be fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, but, yeah, I just I, I think there's still a lot of that old-school thinking in, in the Fed, uh. and it's it's a hindrance, you know. It really is. It was interesting, though, when you said, you know, it, it's a business first and foremost. It reminded me of another, you know, kind of big story that's come up in the last couple of weeks that uh, I, I think, you know, we, we, we touched on briefly in text, but I think it's definitely worth a deep, deeper dive. And that is the man that beat Jay White to kick him out of New Japan was Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie has been a little let's just say controversial on social media <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a little bit of a backstory. Eddie Kingston was a guest on Mark Maron's WTF podcast. And on that podcast, uh, Mark Maron was asking Eddie Kingston about MJF. And Eddie gave his very Eddie Kingston-esque candid opinion where he said MJF is a piece of shit. Uh, and basically was just running down MJF. And, you know, the podcast drops, right? The episode comes out. And, of course, social media goes ablaze. And Eddie responds, again, in very Eddie fashion with, yeah, I said it. Fuck MJF. Fuck all of you. I don't need anybody. Right. Uh, and it understandably, you know, there's 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 a bit of concern about Eddie's mental health and also quite a bit of, you know, kind of is this guy really a professional? Because this isn't the first time Eddie has had real world beef with a coworker. And, you know, I, I 
I'm here to tell you that, that, you know, I will never blame somebody for having a problem with a coworker. I have more than enough problems with coworkers, <laughs> but, 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 but to go to the extent that he goes to is kind of a uh, Eddie buddy. What do you, what are you doing here, man? And that's, and, man, I think in a weird way, Jim, you've summed up Eddie Kingston is yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, like the man has a, a golden gift of being able to talk and talk really, really well. And I, man, I, I slippery slope here is Eddie Kingston has also been very open about a lot of his mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. And I, as, as a, 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 a mental health, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it sufferer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> solid. Like I can't, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. Boy, oh boy. Um, I get it. And I understand that, you know, but at the same time, it is, you you have to, that's the the hard part about that is you have to live with that and, you know, be a professional and be a good human being. And, you know, all that, it it is hard. I understand that. I am with you on that, but that doesn't give you the right to just be what it is you're doing. And it's like, you can't just run down people. And like, especially someone who, we all know it's a massively big work and yeah. it, you know, it's just, and he's trying his best as a very young entertainer to carry a company and he's the face of their company right now. MJF right. is the face of AEW. That is massive. And the, the, the thing he has to do, like the comparisons he's getting to Ric Flair to Terry, a little bit of Terry funk uh, to dusty roads. Like that's massive shoes. Yes. In the heydays, but like as you, a lot of people yeah. can understand. There's a lot of heydayers still kind of hanging around. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Jim Cornette, and uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just the, the the amount of pressure that that guy must be under, and to do something like this, like. But then again, is it is it a work? And because uh, uh, Eddie's been. I don't know, Jim. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, to, to me, the clearest indication that this is is not a work is that MJF didn't say anything back. The fact that MJ, like, Eddie Kingston was all over fucking Twitter talking shit, and MJF didn't say a word. I'm Yeah, I, that is that is either, if this is a work, that is the worst mishandling of MJF's character possible. Right. MJF fires off on on fucking nine year old kids on Twitter. (laughs) You think he's going to take that shit from Eddie Kingston? Uh, Good point. I I didn't know he didn't say anything. I I really do. I worry about like because I am. I'm a a big Eddie fan, not just of his work. But again, I I feel for the guy because he has been so open about his mental health struggles. Yeah, I do. I feel for the guy. And I, you know, I, I. that was one of the things that was most concerning to me about his Twitter rant was he said, you know, fuck Mox, fuck Penta. He says, yeah. I don't have any. He says, fuck all you guys. I don't need any of you. And and that's always a dangerous sign for me is when somebody's dealing with a mental health crisis and they start pushing away the people who they used to count on. Mm-hmm. That, that that's when it gets troubling for me. So, right. um, you know, I, I legitimately hope somebody in AEW can sit Eddie Kingston down and just say, Hey man, look, this is coming from a place of love. This is coming from a place of compassion, but you, you gotta get this shit 
put together. You got to get this under control. Yeah, well, I mean, that's and and I don't know if you've heard this. I've I've seen it a couple times. Just you know, not that I wholeheartedly trust the internet wrestling community uh, <laughs> at all. But it's just you know, at some point when something starts coming up, okay, like you know, I'm smart enough to start kind of doing my own research and whatnot. But um, you know, I've heard it's kind of the reason why we haven't heard a lot about Santana yeah. um, and whatnot. Is he said he's he's like I can't from what I've understood allegedly he has been very like, I, I can't deal with Eddie anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't deal with this and whatnot. And, and it, whatever it is there, whatever again, allegedly has happened, um, you know, um, and there's speculation again, allegedly between, you know, him and Ortiz, but he has been vocal about, I, I know about Eddie is just, I, he, he's very hard to handle. Yep. Um, and it's a tough position and it just, again, I'm not trying to shit on the guy. It just thinks that like he it's it's it seems he's struggling with coping with it, 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 mental health in his day to day. And it's it's it sucks because he is incredibly talented. I have been at several live events, Jim. I don't know if you have specifically with AEW or just mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston. He's come out and done commentary and the crowd Eddie, Ed, like mm-hmm. he is over. You know, Mm -hmm. and it just it breaks my heart that he can't cope with this. And it just it's it's a hard thing to do. I'm sure I I, again, I'm I just slippery slope. I am not trying to shit on the guy. It just no, not at all. And I, I honestly I see quite a few parallels between Eddie and Jake Roberts. You know, both of them are phenomenal psychological wrestlers and workers, phenomenal promo artists. Not the most athletic guys, right? But they make up for it with all their other skill sets. Absolutely. Whereas Jake couldn't get his demons under control with with addiction, Eddie can't get his demons under control with mental health. And I, you know, I, I, I can see a lot of parallels between the two there. And I just, I really hope that Eddie can kind of correct the ship before it goes the full Jake Roberts. You know, it'd be horrible. That'd be an absolute tragedy. So... I I wish Eddie Kingston the best, but like I said, I, I, I really think somebody in that locker room needs to somebody in the office even needs to sit down with him and just say, you know, look, man, we need to get help. This is enough is enough. Yeah. Not because you're costing us money, not because you're hurting our product, but because as a person, you we care that you need help. Yeah, we love you. And he's I mean, and he has been notoriously known for uniting locker rooms and keeping and just, you know, hooray for young talent and all, all of the things, you know, that we we love about this business. And it just I, I, I really hope he gets the guidance and help that he, you know, I, I whatever it is he needs to overcome this. I hope he gets it. I truly absolutely. do. As absolutely. Somebody who's been there, man, and it just yep. it's it sucks. It just sucks yep. to see someone so good struggle. And it's just it's yeah. So I want to shift gears on you here. Still okay. in the realm of, of the business of pro wrestling, but love it. Uh, you know, don't know if you saw this, but it was recently reported by Bloomberg News that a source close to Vincent Kennedy McMahon said that the sale of WWE could be expected to be as high as $9 billion. What the fuck? What? 
Nine billion dollars. Nine billion dollars. Okay, there's no goddamn way because Star Wars was four billion. There's no nine. Who does he think? I'm sorry. I feel like I'm shouting. (laughs) (laughs) Who does he think he is? Are you fucking kidding me? Nine billion dollars. Yes. Who? Who? Yes. Yeah, he, now, I guarantee he said that, and no one was like. Everyone was like, "100 percent." No one went. You're out of your goddamn mind. You're high as a fucking kite. You nine stupid billion dollars. Now, here's the thing: is is if we if we take that to heart, right? If we uh, are to to assume that nine billion dollars is not as absurd as it obviously seems to be. One of the big things that comes Nine, out of that. Story, I can't. I'm sorry. Nine billion dollars. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. I'm sorry, Jim. Go ahead. You're I, that, Yikes. Nine billion dollars. What the fuck is wrong with you? Nine billion dollars. Because, you know, one of the big things that comes out of that is that if that's true, right? If nine billion really is the number we're dealing with here, the the list of potential buyers drops astronomically right there are but a scarce handful of potential buyers on the planet at that price tag um and they're all incredibly big names right your disney's your comcast right you're, you're we're, we're talking the you know the cream rises to the top if you're going to talk about who can buy a nine billion dollar company right and and that's you got to wonder, is this a play by Vince McMahon to make his company seem more valuable than it is? Or does he legitimately think only one of the top tier media companies in the world could buy WWE? He, uh, d- oh my God, man, <laughs> boy, I, I feel like Tom, if, if he was here, his, his, I don't know if his head would have exploded or he would have been just. I, I, Jim, I think it's a combination of both. I think he truly, truly fucking thinks he can get a that much money for it or somehow as a showman, which he's always been. Yeah. To somehow convince someone. I, and that's where it's like, I, I essentially in a, in a weird nutshell deal with risk for a living. Yeah. That is is fucking bananas to think that you're valued at nine. That's putting you almost on a level of like Amazon or Apple and like that. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, number one, Amazon, number two, Apple, number three is not the WWE. (laughs) Like that just doesn't make any, and this is coming from a lifelong wrestling fan. Like there's no fucking way. I can't see anybody. The only people I could see, is this that the Saudi group or the, yeah. that that Saudi? And I one hundred percent am done. <laughs> Not one of my fucking dime. And I, I, they will see. And again, and I think that's Jim. You had kind of mentioned this in a couple. I, I believe in a couple other podcasts ago. Is that the Saudis are going to see this as? Oh man, this is great. And then go, oh shit, this was stupid, and it's out. And it's I, I, holy shit. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's going to be their toy. Yeah, it's going to be their toy, right? They're going to get the shiny new toy. They're going to realize, oh, this doesn't, you know, do everything I thought it would. And then they're just going to ditch it. Now, I want to put a little context here on this nine billion dollar price tag, right? 
not too long ago, Elon Musk purchased Twitter and he purchased Twitter for $44 billion, right? So that would mean that Vince McMahon sees the reach of WWE and the value of WWE as being roughly one fourth the value of Twitter, which is fucking insane. Right. Because, again, lifelong WWE fan, but the number of people in this world who use Twitter versus the number of people in this world who partake of the WWE's product, my ass, it's one fourth. Right. It's more like more like one twentieth. Right. <laughs> On a good day. Holy fuck. Side note, by the way, I had no idea. That's how much. Oh, really? You didn't know that? I had no idea. Yeah. God damn. I was well, going to say, wow, man, do I feel dated where I'm like, hey, Disney bought James Star Wars for $4 billion. <laughs> Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> well, here's one that'll really fuck you up. In 2012, Facebook bought Instagram, right? Mm. They bought Instagram in 2012 for $1 billion. Now, granted, that was Holy 11 years shit. ago. Yeah, okay, that was 11 yeah. years ago. There's inflation and all that. But still, right. a $9 billion sale price of WWE would be like saying WWE has a greater value to the market than Instagram, <laughs> which is exactly the reaction you should have, Mike. That it's is fucking laughable. It is insane. I cannot believe that. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. What a what an asshole. Like, yep. What? Wow, the yeah. ego on that guy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I I'm of the inclination that this is a, a ploy, right? That that number was a deliberate leak to try and make the product seem more valuable than it is. Cause I just don't know how any rational investor sees that product and goes, Oh yeah, given the given the return, nine billion makes sense. No, no fucking way. No fucking way. No fucking how. Um, so I, I think it's just a cagey move on Vince McMahon's part to try and drive up the price. Oh, uh, man. But uh, that guy never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. The the cojones, the bra- the brass balls on that man to be able to try and pull <laughs> off some shit like that. And I just I you you got to know his inner circle was like, please, for the love of God, do not say that. Like there there's got to be somebody with a brain. On that, like, I know he hires seemingly what seem to be a lot yes, of man. yes men. Yep. There has to be someone with it. I mean, that that is insane because one that could, again, risk that could significantly, I, not significantly, moderately raise your stock. That could significantly sink your stock. If they mm-hmm. like, uh, you really think you're that much, we're out. You know, like, that's insane because that's high risk. And whole wow, man, this is turning into the Jim and Mike talk about, you know, futures and options podcast. <laughs> but like, but that's it. But again, WWE is a business. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom line, wow, here we come full circle. They don't give a shit about the Jay Whites, the Finn Balors. I mean, we do. It, it, yeah, for the fans. But uh, wow, man, well, we brought that down hard. Here's some more. But, here's some more context for you that are that that, that I think will really be entertaining uh at the end of at the end of uh, business today right when we're recording oh wwe is still a publicly traded company right which means that they have a stock value at the end of business today the close of the market today wwe stock closed at 87.98 so 87 dollars and 98 cents a stock right yeah. a share all right walt disney company you know fucking disney <laughs> closed at 105 dollars a share 
Disney's total valuation is $195 billion. You're telling me (laughs) that Disney stock is at $105 and they're worth $195 billion and WWE stock is at $88 and they're worth $90. Again, I'm not a math guy, but proportionally, that doesn't fucking work out for me. The numbers are not numbering the way they're supposed to in my head. It it makes no sense. I know it. it, Well, in the last. okay, so in the last quarter, uh, WWE's uh, net income was forty one point six million dollars. Million. So in a quarter, in a quarter, they made $41 million. So that would be $160 million a year. Yeah. That's nowhere near a billion. No. <laughs> Everyone. No. no. So $9 billion would mean that that's like, that's the total income for what, 30 years. And that's yeah. assuming all things stay level. <sighs> <laughs> like you said, Jim, the balls on that man. Like chutzpah. Wow. Yes. Like chutzpah. <laughs> man, I feel bad for the guy that was like immediately that was like, this doesn't make any sense. And like immediately like got his Never mouth covered me. or like punched in the face until he was couldn't speak. Like, oh, that yeah, poor guy. He was never heard from again. Wait, 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 wait. So, Jim, I've been seeing something. Uh, I didn't see the pay-per-view you alluded to earlier. Lots going on. Uh, Something, however, caught my eye. Um, Ariel Hawani uh, and George St. Pierre were at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I don't really care about GSP other than the fact that he is the greatest mixed martial artist ever. I'm sorry. I'm a massive GSP fan. Um, I don't think you even knew that. I don't know if you knew that, Jim, but I have been a massive fan of GSP for many, many years, but happy to see he's here. If they bring him in, I don't care. It's GSP. He's a goat. Absolutely. However, I did see something about Ariel Hawani and Tony Khan. Mm. I kind of know something, but Jim, as the I will call you social media guy, uh, <laughs> you well, not just that, but you've been more in tune than both Tom and I. Yeah. What is going on? I, I seriously like I. Yeah. I've heard some shots across the bow, and then I also heard maybe I don't know if you were going to acknowledge this, but Michael Cole yep. is now how somehow involved in this, and I'm before my blood boils over, I will <laughs> let you take over and explain the situation because so- what what the fuck is going on? As, as has been alluded to several times in the past on this show, I'm the impact guy. I'm the Twitter <laughs> guy. Uh, my, my day job is to teach media uh, and media theory and media production uh, and including journalism. And a big part of journalism is journalistic ethics. I've worked as a journalist. I teach journalism. Um, so here's here's the skinny, right? I, I had to give my bona fides, uh, A, to confuse Tom, and B, so that I could make clear what I'm about to say here. Um, th- what happened is Ariel Helwani has always been um, kind of uh, presenting himself as a journalist, right? I, I am a combat sports journalist. So he covers AEW. He covers, you know, WWE, he covers UFC, he covers, you know, uh, f- you know, fighting, you know, one fighting championship, all the rest. Yeah. But then 
on the Friday before Elimination Chamber, he ended up he was the voice of a package for Zam, for Sami Zayn. And then at Elimination what? Chamber, he was there in the crowd oh, doing uh, like like talking into a mic, like as a representative of WWE. Right. Is So, Jim, I'm sorry. Is yeah. he is Ariel Hawani? Is he Syrian or Ariel Hawani is not. He's from Montreal. That's uh, why he was there with GSP. Uh, Ariel Hawani is is from Montreal, as is Sami Zayn, as is GSP. And so that's why he was connected to it. Now, okay. Had Ariel Hawani. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <not> spent, <laughs> had he not spent the last several years trading on the name or trading on the reputation of being this reputable journalist, there would be no problem. But how do you, in the, you can't claim to be someone who covers the NFL and then show up in a training video for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And that's exactly what Ariel Hawani did is he claims to be a journalist about combat sports, but then he does a paid promotion for an organization he covers as a journalist. That is such an extreme uh, violation of journalistic ethics. And Tony Khan called him out on it. Tony Khan got on Twitter and called him out and said, you're a piece of shit. You're, you're full of shit. This is, <laughs> you know, what the hell is wrong with you? Because Tony, because Ariel Hawani shows up to these post pay-per-view media scrums, right? He shows up to these media calls. He covers AEW as if he's a neutral objective really? journalist, but then he's, I had no idea Ariel Hawani was there. Yeah. And so that's why Tony Khan was was upset. And I think rightfully so. I think Ariel Helwani really kind of shot his credibility in the ass with that move. Really interesting. So, uh, wow. Holy cow. Because so like, again, not to to rabbit hole this one, but again, like I've always known Ariel Helwani as a MMA journalist. Mm-hmm. And so it just, again, a credible like I've he has broken several big for our like random maybe uh <laughs> mma fans out there um mm-hmm. i also i side note totally forgot jim that you were a big mma guy yeah um totally forgot about that but um <laughs> uh man we'll have to connect on that later but uh uh it, no i've always known him to be a you know he i think he's broken stuff about nick diaz nate yeah. diaz like yeah. big 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 names uh you know brock lesnar all this kind of fun stuff um, and to see him, like, I had no idea he, I had just figured this because I knew, um, I know, I don't want to say the UFC. I've been so mishmash with WWE, yeah. but like, I feel like UFC guys have shown up there. I know they've shown up in AEW. Well, yeah. King Velasquez, I know was in WWE. I know when Mike Tyson came out, he had a weird hodgepodge. Of yes. MMA guys, which with that was just woof, man, that could be a spotlight in itself. Um, but it, it, I'm, I'm really surprised that he, his, it, it very, it, what you said, Jim, about his journalistic integrity is just, it, it's kind of interesting. Cause I always thought he was, more of an MMA guy. And when he's showing up to these media scrums as this and this and this, and he's, 
I, I kind of, wow. <laughs> kind of surprised. I mean, clearly I'm. Yep. Well, and he does, you know, Aaron Hawani has a podcast as well because apparently everybody and their fucking mother does a podcast these days. Uh, so he, he has a podcast and he he's had AEW talent on the podcast. And I think that's another thing that that's pissing off Tony Khan is, you know, we're sending our guys to come talk to you, but now right. you're showing up to, you know, the quote unquote, the enemy. Yeah, that's that's. He burned a bridge, right? Ariel Helwani burned a pretty significant bridge yeah. just so he could get a hometown pop. And I, I, I think it was what a, a stupid winner, move. man. Yeah, I think it was a really ah. stupid move on his part. Uh, I think it's a good time to segue into our uh, matches of the week. Um, been all over the map past couple of weeks uh but i caught what i thought was a true gem last week josh woods versus mark briscoe um that i it was a very lackluster dynamite uh i mean you had a, a, a lot of who's who's there uh uh you know what you had uh mox and uh, the black cool combat club mox and claudio uh versus uh roosh and yeah, what's his name now? Preston uh, Vance. Thank you. I was just going to say Preston Vance, but I know he's going by a new name. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I just I want to see Roosh. Uh, cheap plug for Roosh. That man. Uh, it's he needs. I think I texted you guys. This is like Roosh needs. He needs the perfect. Like I. I don't know what it is, but God, that he needs something because my God, that man. Could mm-hmm. be a glorious heel, and it just mm-hmm. it sucks. The I'm not mad about it. It just sucks. The MJF is just on nuclear fire right now, mm-hmm. and it just it it's it's very hard. Um. Anyway, I'm getting lost. Uh, I am. Uh, I Josh Woods versus Mark Briscoe was just good wrestling. I, I, this was a just, it reminded me of, and I think I, I don't know if I texted you this, Jim, maybe the group, um, you know, or just, or, or my brother, it felt like a good WCW mid card match where it was like, I'm going to go, I, uh, who's Josh Woods? Who's Mark Briscoe? And like, that's where I feel like, and not to speak for you, Jim, uh, I can speak maybe for my brother. That's what <laughs> branched us out was, wait. Who's, who's Dean Malenko? Who's Eddie Guerrero? Who's mm-hmm. Ultimo Dragon? Who's Alex Wright? Who's I, the who's who in the WCW? It, WWE too. I mean, it, it in a different weird way, yes. But like the mid-card matches, I felt this was a fantastic mid-card match. Um, and, and Mark Briscoe, 100% should go. He went over. Um, mm-hmm. I think it should be good. But also highlighted Josh Woods as... Man, I just, he's, he's, he's brewing. It's, uh, you know, we, we, I think we've texted about this with, uh, sorry to go for a weird transition back to WWE, but it's like Josh Woods to me is the, not anti, but the opposite of Austin Theory, who's yeah. someone who's been in the pot kind of boiling. And mm-hmm. I feel like Josh Woods is, is, is getting there. He's getting, getting to the boiling top. Like, Highly, highly recommend anybody go watch some Josh Woods, like no knee pads like that man is just he's he's young. 
He's strong. His he they did that. I think he he did his finisher the uh, mm-hmm. chaos theory. I think it's called I think chaos so, theory. Yeah. It's the it's the rolling germ suplex into the like deadlift. And my god, that man he could do it very very well. So <laughs> going down a rabbit hole. Man, god damn it! I've said that like seventeen times already. <laughs> There's a go lot back. of rabbit holes. That's fine. A lot of rabbit holes. Uh, go back watch Josh Woods versus Mark Briscoe. Uh, really quick, my runner-up, uh, Jungle Boy versus uh, Brian Cage. Uh, rumor has it, Brian Cage is on his way out. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, Jim. I actually just, in the in the clickbait stuff that I can see, uh, I saw that uh, he's he's his, his contract is coming near, and he's had some major interests from WWE. Mm-hmm. I think we've... I think we've said it a couple times on this podcast, if not in our text, that that man, he's WWE material. Yes, he, he is. needs to be with he needs to be with the Bobby Lashley's, the Brock Lesnar's, uh, the uh, oh, God, uh, Riddick Moss. I think the Riddick opposite Moss, of Baron yeah. Corbin, the he's a big dude. He needs to be there and he's putting over these. I mean, he puts over Jungle Boy like yeah. he's yeah. been putting some people over that you can tell. And he's he. That match was actually pretty good. He's he's posing. He is doing to me what is his WWE. I can do this. Give me some help. And I'm there. So it's I don't know, Jim. What that, so that's my match of the week. Josh Woods, Mark Briscoe. I would highly recommend the Jungle Boy uh, Brian Cage match. Mm. Uh, but Josh Woods, Mark Briscoe. Fantastic match. It was just great. Call. Beautiful mid card. Yeah. Beautiful mid card match. I think it's a great call. I will say that I one of my favorite moves in the last 10 years of professional wrestling uh, is the Mark Briscoe neckbreaker, uh, because every time he does the I fucking lose my shit every time. Every time I lose my shit. I don't he has like what do they call it? Like his is like it's like Briscoe Kung Fu or like Hillbilly Kung Fu. It's just it's like, yeah, it works. And I like that could be incredibly insulting to that man. And he embraces it and yet still puts on i will i'll geek out for a froggy boat any day of the fucking week like i'm sorry like i love his shit i absolutely love his shit give me a mark briscoe run and let him go like not let him go if he chooses to run off like let him run give him a tnt title like let him go give him a good year and let him ride off and and do his thing i'll never forget you know, Steve Austin said years ago in an interview that the best characters are just you turned up to 11 yep. and, and you really get that sense that Mark Briscoe is just authentically him. It really, yeah. it's just what you see is what you fucking get. And, and I just, I, I love how his move set ties into who he is, you know, his, his little, again, those little, little character ticks, you know, are just, just fucking beautiful. I love the fact that, you know, when he ran into Josh Woods the week prior to set up the match, Woods it, Woods it. Good to see ya. Yeah, I was like, I been a long that. time, been a long time. Woods it. I love, uh, just love that shit. So yeah, it's good, very good. So call. good, and like I highly just if you want a taste of Mark Briscoe, just go back and watch some of the Briscoe Brothers promos. One because Jay is just gorgeous and yeah. just yeah. on He's point. Amazing. And if man, uh, sorry, rabbit hole. <laughs> tag team wrestling and and not necessarily tag team wrestling, but two people that fat off each other is it's, it's, I think I sent you the clip of where 
uh, Mark Briscoe is kind of leading a promo and he ends up getting to like his emu and yep. Jay's like, I don't want, you could tell Jay is like, I don't want any part of this away from me. <laughs> and Mark led the promo. And like that, it's just, again, I just go back and watch two people that worked well off each other, but also single were fantastic and we're really, really fucking good. And I hope now that I don't need a Mark Briscoe main event. Give me a good mid card. He gets the TNT title and whatnot. And, and just if that's what he wants to call it and ended a career, because it's like, he's finally getting the recognition that him and his brother, both the Briscoe name deserve 100%. This is it. And it just, it kind of feels like that. And I hope, I hope we see it. I really Absolutely. do. So sorry, Jim. Absolutely. No, none to be sorry for. I fucking love talking about Mark Briscoe. He's so <laughs> goddamn, goddamn. He's great. He's, he's so great. Awesome. He was awesome. And he was I, such a good folly to his brother. Cause yeah. his brother would get, his brother was that like, I'm a fuck you it's, up. Like, yeah, I am going to hurt you. And Mark was like, Eating like eating peanut butter. Yep. <laughs> he was the color commentary and yep. he he did it beautifully. He really yep. did. It was. It was a it was a great combination. It was a great combination. Oh, God yeah. damn. Oh, I can I, talk I, about Jay just so much. You're good. I, I went I went back a little bit further from my match because you know we we we've been off for a couple weeks, so in a I, I I went back in a whip. <laughs> I, I went back a little bit further and in my match of the the last couple weeks uh was mjf versus kanosuke takashita uh i oh. i loved that fucking match i loved the match i thought it was such an amazing highlight of two young talents two guys who are going to be the future of this business um i will say that uh, the 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 spot that stands out to me as one of the coolest fucking spots I've seen in a long time was when Takeshita hit that clothesline off the top rope and MJF backflipped onto his feet. Uh, so fucking cool. So oh, fucking that's right. Cool. I just loved that match. I thought both of them really showed out as as like I said, stars of the future. Right? They are the future of the business. Um, and and I just I, it was. It was just fantastic top to bottom. Uh, I, I loved the finish. Uh, I, I loved the post-match. Uh, I, I loved how this fits into the storyline between Danielson uh, and MJF. I just thought it was a, it was absolutely phenomenal match. So, uh, yeah, I, you got to see that one, I'm assuming. I did. Yeah, I did get to see that one. And I it's it again, it's been a clip. Uh, but, uh, oh, my God, I forgot about that because I think I was like, <laughs> when MJF flipped and I was like, yep. yes, like this is going to help him, you know, because he's a talker. Yep. And the thing about MJF has always been like, the where's the wrestling? Where's the, and he is, he's decent, but the fact that he can hang and take a goddamn clothesline from Kanosuke Kateshita, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Kanosuke Takeshita at, and backflip off, that's yeah. like unbelievable. And, and it's, again, like you said, off. Jim, and I think like now thinking about it, two, and it, I remember watching it and was kind of not, not confused, but like, Okay, weird, but hearing you say that and seeing that spot in my mind is like 100%. This is about two young bucks being like, we're here. I And MJF is like, oh, you don't think I can do this shit? I, 
I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it really like, it rem- well it reminded done. me the way that he not only hit the backflip but then walked it off. It reminded me so much of of the Will Osprey spot, right? Because you see Will Osprey Ooh. do that all the time, where he gets Hurricane Ronit off the top and he lands and walks it off. It yeah. reminded me so much of that spot, and I just thought, never in my fucking life would I have thought of Will Osprey and MJF as you know, like next to each other. But holy shit, like you said, this was. This was him saying, look what I can do. You know, I, I, I'm not just a mic guy. I, I have phenomenal athleticism as well. And I, I was super man. impressed. I was Jim, super God, impressed. man. I, yeah, boy, oh boy. I, I, I feel like you've just like wizard that like somehow some forbidden door down the road of Will Ospreay versus MJF. Oh God, like, can you imagine what the, f- <sighs> could you imagine that program? Like, like, Give me even just a month of those mm-hmm. two just yakking at each. Oh my god! Fuck! I thought <sighs> Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega was a wet dream, but yeah, Will Osprey versus fuck Will Osprey screaming bruv in the face of MJF. I would, I would, I would wet my pants. I would absolutely uh, wet my pants. It would, it's like when you would like when you were talking, like when you said the screaming thing. I was thinking about that, like. Will Ospreay with that ice pack on his neck, screaming at Kenny Omega, yep. and I was like, ah, "Man, I, I, I get why Omega went over now, and I could see why it was like, man, it, wow, could Will Ospreay like? Could you it, at some point we could see Will Ospreay the end? Oof, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Champion versus the AEW World Champion MJF. Like, right? Wrap your minds around that one, folks. Right? <laughs> like, Tell who me goes that blow your fucking mind? Who goes over in that one? <laughs> like, no shit. Yikes! Oh <laughs> man, I didn't even like. And we're just talking about some weird spot that <laughs> maybe a handful of marks. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, Jim, though. Like, kudos, though. Yeah. I he didn't said even- if you anybody goes back and watches that, that's the kind of that's the kind of spot that makes anybody, whether you're a fan or not, go, okay, that was fucking cool. Right. Because mm-hmm. again, I, I think the way he sold it, that walk away, that's what really made it such a really fucking cool moment. No, absolutely. And I'm sorry. I have never seen anybody hit the ropes as like phenomenally as Kanosuke. Like, yeah. Hey, yep. I don't, it's like he just, he, I don't know what it, it's like. He's moving at like a thousand miles an hour when he hits those, he hits those ropes so hard. <laughs> like he just, and you just that alone and his, the way he entertains and, but he's such a good, they, and again, I think I brought it up in the podcast where I went crazy about the AEW, <laughs> dynamite episode is that this young man was able to protect Brian Day, like probably one of the greatest who needs protection and was able to have that caliber of a match mm-hmm. at that age with him. Like, and I think even Danielson said, Jesus Christ, this he's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, He said, he's, he said, when all said and done, he's going to be one of the greatest ever wrestle. 
that's unreal. Absolutely. So, uh, I love it. I am <laughs> so happy. And if he ends in it, like, in, you know, if at some point, you know, we, it, 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 man, boy, and this could be a topic of conversation for somewhere, you know, down the road is we all know at some point the WWE is going to go through. Vince is going to go. Triple H is going to go at some point. Like what's going to happen with it? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not to tie it back to the whole, you know, d- dumb shit, nine billion valuation. <laughs> but like what? Like, seriously, what could happen to the WWE? You know, and like, is it, you know, could it go through this crazy sales where, yes, it's valued at this much and it gets picked up for this much. And then someone's like, well, this was dumb and it mm-hmm. sells for two million, you know, and builds its way back up through this. It's. Who fucking knows? And it's just, it's, it's interesting. Just, and where I was going with that is like, who knows where Kanosuke could end up? Cause I could, I could see him as he 100%, just the way the man runs the ropes in WWE. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. man, I could see someone being like, holy shit, that guy really hits those ropes hard. And he's and got like, size too. He's a he's a taller kid. He's a little bit lanky, but he's going to be filling out here. He's he's got a Randy Orton kind of physique to him. Yeah, man, that's a good comparison. Yeah. So I could I could definitely see him in WWE doing an amazing fucking job there. That'll wrap it up for this episode. But come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, spotlighted wrestler of the week. Big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim and we are out. Out.